As we've been working through this series about how to love your neighbor in a divided world, uh, I've appreciated us spending time to reflect on the real challenges that we face to do that, um, the kind of outlandish things God invites us to do, to love, of how God keeps calling us beyond our natural inclinations. And I was thinking, as I was reading through our text for today, it's going to be from Proverbs chapter 3, I was thinking about uh, what a beautiful image that it's going to give for us of, if you want to sleep better at night, how do you live during the day? And how do you treat people during the day so that at night you might have security in your sleep? And I was thinking about how often we are charged up and amped up in life, that all of our continued stresses just keep building, that there's this profit off of our stresses building and building, that uh, whatever news source maybe, or a podcast, or whoever you might be listening to, or social media influencers, that the more amped up you are, the more you're going to keep consuming that source. And so the less you can sleep at night, the better the ratings might be. And so we are all drawn into, of like, ah, I just can't, can't get past this problem. And it's not just on a global scale, but many of us face things in our everyday lives of, how do I fix this relationship? How do I figure out where I stand with this other person that maybe I work with or, or a family member or a friend? And we get left lingering with questions of, what do I do? And we stress over it and we can't sleep over it. And so I want to read for us our text from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21 to 35. The proverb begins, My child, do not let these things escape from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and prudence, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you sit down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden panic or of the storm that strikes the wicked, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow, I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan harm against your neighbor who lives trustingly beside you. Do not quarrel with anyone without cause when no harm has been done to you. Do not envy the violent and do not choose any of their ways. For the perverse are an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the abode of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he shows favor. The wise will inherit honor, but stubborn fools disgrace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This proverb, it's important to note, it is a proverb. And last week we looked at some Levitical laws about how to treat your neighbors, uh, how to be generous to them, how to how to take care of your neighbors around you. And it's one thing to hear laws about how you treat your neighbor, but as in anything, rules aren't always enough. And so I love that the book of Proverbs gives wisdom advice. If you're trying to figure out how to live in this world, rules are not going to be enough. Maybe you're going to need to use wisdom. That When you encounter the gray areas of the world, how do you make a decision to choose between one thing or the other? How do you have wisdom because not, rules don't always work perfectly. 
And so the writer of Proverbs gives all sorts of wisdom. And I love there are certain places where he says, uh, I'll try to paraphrase, but there's two verses back to back that says, don't respond to a fool according to the fool, because then you'll be a fool. But if you don't respond to the fool in the next verse, then they're going to think that they're wise in their own eyes. And it leaves you in just the uncertainty of, wait, how do I, I can't do both of these things. <laughs> I have to choose one. And that's the point of Proverbs is, you're going to have to make hard decisions of, of how are you going to conduct yourself in the world. And it won't always be obvious. And it might not be the same thing each time that you encounter it. But we need to have wisdom in which we go about our day. And so the, the proverb is telling us, if you're longing to know what you should hold on to in the world, if you want security in the world, let wisdom be the thing that you seek. That you make a great necklace out of it. Right? That it's, it's adorning you, wisdom and understanding. And there's plenty of other things that we can kind of put our hopes into and dreams into of maybe, maybe wealth will be enough and I'll adorn myself with wealth. Maybe uh, being strong and going to the gym enough. Maybe whatever it is. But hey, put wisdom first and understanding. And then security might come. And so I love that image that it said, if you sit down, you won't be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Has anybody just wanted a nice, sweet nap or a night's sleep? There is something beautiful about waking up refreshed. And there's something really frustrating about being in that night before, knowing you are not going to wake up refreshed. Like, I, am, ugh, I cannot fall asleep. You keep looking at the clock whatever it might be. I remember, you know, you have certain days that you really want to get that good sleep in. And sometimes that's right before a big exam. If you can remember before taking tests and you're like, oh, I got to try to study enough, but I got to figure out how to get enough sleep as well so that I wake up and I have my whole memory available to me. And I remember the weirdest night's sleep that just did not work for me was I was studying for the SATs and I went to sleep that night. I tried to at least. And I had the most unusual dream. It was not visual. I would have preferred it to be visual. I was narrating my dream. It was just me talking out something. And I remember being like, this is awful. I do not want to be talking myself through my night's sleep. And so I forced myself to wake up, and then I'm just like, I can't go back. And it just that night's gone. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to listen to myself through the whole night. And, you know, that next day is not too pleasant because you didn't sleep well. But for many of us, it might not be in your dreams, but before you fall asleep, you can't stop your narration that you're thinking through, did I say the right thing today? Or what on earth did they mean when they said that to me? How dare they say that to me? And you're just playing a track of your day, and you keep hearing yourself, you keep hearing what's happened, and you just can't find any sort of security of rest of, I can let this stuff go. The night can happen. I can say, God, watch over me, but I can't hold on to this any longer. And so what is it to say, wisdom, I want to live by your path, where I can go to sleep at night because I know I did the best that I could. I lived out the way God invited me to live. I'm not going to live with regrets. I'm not going to second guess myself. But if I live the right way, maybe I won't second guess myself all through the night. And so the proverb writer has some suggestions. 
And I love it's kind of got two coins, two sides of the coin to it. Of, okay, if you want to go to sleep well at night, what should you do? I'm going to read again one version of this answer. Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you already have it with you. You might have a wonderful opportunity fall at your feet that you can be God's blessing for somebody else. You can, uh, whether that's a financial gift, whether that's I'm going to make somebody a meal, I know that they could use it, I'm going to say a nice word to somebody, I'm going to uh, give somebody a ride. Like There are opportunities that come our way, and sometimes we hesitate. Give me some more time. Maybe I'll, yeah, I'll probably do it. Uh, you know, check back tomorrow. You know, I, I got to check on some things first. And you might not say it out loud to them. You might just be thinking in your head, oh, I should help. I should help. I should help. But um, hmm, how do I get out of this? Can I come up with a good enough internal excuse so that I'm not going to do the thing I know I really should do right now? Anytime you press pause on doing something good for someone when you know you have the ability to do it, you should do it, it would bless that person. If you hit pause, you're going to keep thinking about it. And you might go down to sleep that night and you might think, I should have helped them. You know what I should have done today? Why did I do that instead? And you might be left thinking, why didn't I just do the thing to help? And so for many of us, this proverb is a reminder that we often think about our faith in a lot of do-nots. And it even does that here. Don't withhold good. And we think, well, if I just don't do bad things, then I'll be living my faith out okay. And in church language, we talk about sin a lot. Sin, failure to love God or your neighbor rightly. And sometimes that failure is when we cause harm. But sometimes that failure is when we choose not to do the good thing that's right there in front of us. You have the opportunity. You have the ability. And you say, eh, maybe later. And we are all tempted to just pause. Because we'll say, oh, I'm not saying no to it. It just, I'll get to that tomorrow. And then tomorrow, it's a lot easier to pause it for another day. For another day. And at some point, you'll stop thinking about it and you'll move on to the next thing that you've either done or haven't done right. And you'll forget all about it. What is it just to say yes? Okay, I have the ability to help right now. I want to do that thing right now. If you want to live by wisdom, say yes when you have the ability to be of help. One of the things that um, this kind of passage put on my heart was recently we, we had somebody... Um, through the cafe that they had a, a family member who was in the hospital, in the ICU, and it was a child. And they were very sweet. They, they wanted prayer. They kept giving kind of updates. And I don't know about you, but when a, when a child is going through being in the ICU, going through ventilators, going through all that kind of pain, that, is that just heavy? And so they voiced that one of the things that they wanted to do is to be able to go see the family member because that family lives in the Jackson area, but they needed treatment out in Detroit. And so I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, hmm, 
you know, Sunday afternoons, it's really good to nap. It's really good to rest. You know, I've been trying to charge myself up for Sunday morning. Uh, and if you're not super extroverted, being in front of a lot of people, it can sometimes drain you. And you're like, I need to kind of rest for a minute. And so Sunday afternoons, you can really long for having a little break. It's just one of those things that you like, you know what? I, I can't do other than reach out and say, do you want to ride? Would, would that be of help? If, if it would be of help, I, here's, I've got today in the afternoon, I've got tomorrow, I've got my day off. What will work for you? It was not the thing that was going to make my life easiest, but it's, I've got a car, I have time. Why say no? Why press pause? And for all of us, we all have things. We have whatever resources are available, whatever skills that we have. What is it that when you see a need, just say yes. Pour into someone's life. Be a blessing to someone. Because we all know what it's like to need help, to need support, to want a, a listening ear. Why hold that back from people? So if you're wanting to sleep better at night, one thing you can do is when you have the opportunity, say yes to helping people. The text also gives us the other side of that coin, not just to do good for those around you, but it also says do not plan, do not plan harm against your neighbor who lives trustingly beside you. I'll pause in that language. I, lo I love that image of don't harm your neighbor. They're your neighbor because they don't think you're an enemy. <laughs> like they are trusting you. They've, they've taken up residence near you. And sometimes that might be property-wise. Maybe that's someone at a cubicle next to you at work. Maybe that's a friend or a family member. There's people who are in your life who are like, I trust you. Don't, don't unnecessarily suddenly just cause me harm. I, why, why break this trust? Don't quarrel with anyone without cause. Maybe this speaks to you. Maybe this speaks to somebody around you that you know that they are jumping at the bit to start something. They are ready to quarrel. Do not quarrel with anyone without cause when no harm has been done to you. Now, in your life, whether that's uh, in gatherings with friends, with family, if that's on your social media page and your online presence, how much better would this world be if we just lived by that? Stop quarreling without reason. If you have no reason, if you haven't been harmed, let some things go. You don't have time or energy to be quarreling about every problem in the world. Figure out what's the problem that's at your doorstep that needs addressing in the world and focus on those things. The things that you have some power to be of service to, some things that you have power to be of help to, to be generous to, to be listening to. But we can't quarrel over a thousand things. We just don't have the energy. We don't have the bandwidth. So you have to be able to have some discipline in your life of saying, I know this thing is, is deserving of quarreling, but it's not my quarreling. Here's what I can bring to the table. Here's the problems I see, you know, if you're a teacher, things that you see in your school environment, see the, things that you see in your family environments. You know, if you're um, an engineer, how are your engineering plans affecting people in those plans? If you can advocate for and support people in, in your space. But we can't all quarrel about every single thing. 
that'll leave you up at night because you have no power to do everything. So if you want to have some good night's sleep and to have wisdom, we need to know which things that we have the bandwidth, the capacity, the ability to fight for. Hopefully not to fight just to cause harm, but a quarrel that is meant to bring about justice and peace done through love. And if you don't want to quarrel, if you don't want to fight, you don't want to cause harm, I think the proverb writer has some very great advice. Do not envy the violent and do not choose any of their ways. Who's your role model? Because the person that you set on a pedestal is inevitably the person you start to emulate. And in our society, we are giving platforms and pedestals to plenty of people who use their language not to build up, but to tear people down. To make people feel less than. To hurt. Not to just have an opposition viewpoint or angle, but to mock, to ridicule, to slander. And if you think, well, you know, I couldn't say that, but I'm going to cheer on the sideline because I love that they're getting to say that hateful thing. I love that they're getting to do that harmful thing. I I couldn't do it myself, but I'll be supportive of their violent ways. And it's really cool, but, you know, it's not my thing. Inevitably, as long as you pedestal that thing, if you envy the violent, eventually, without even noticing it, you will have become more violent. You'll become more scornful or hateful. And so if you want to sleep better at night, you need to choose better role models. Now, if you're in a church environment, the best role model is Jesus, right? Spend some time reading the Gospels at home in your, in your prayer life, and that might be a little bit of a nice remedy to some of the news cycle. Okay, what is it like to live like Jesus? And I appreciate that there are times where if you follow Jesus as role model, you know, the wedding at Cana, Jesus is like, hey, it's not my time yet. And you think, oh, well, he's kind of pausing, but his mother's like, you know what? It's time. These people need you. So Jesus, okay. And he sends those servants away to get these water buckets, these giant jars, 20, 30-gallon jars. Go fill it up. And those servants have to be faithful and follow Jesus without knowing how that's going to turn out, without knowing whether it's going to be effective. But they're just saying yes. And there's something to finding a role model like Jesus where you're like, you know what, I don't have to understand it, but if I just say yes, I can trust that where it leads me is a place of safety, of peace, of, of, of love, of meaning. And I do think that there are probably people in our lives that we can look to as role models. And you might notice someone in your life and you go, I want to learn how to be more generous like this person. I want to learn how to be more of a great listener like this person. And instead of just being like, oh, I know that's true about them, but but watch how they do what they do. Be like, well, how are they so helpful? What are some strategies to be helpful that I see in their life of, Oh, they don't pause. They just go right and they just help. They, they didn't gripe about it. They didn't complain about it. They just did it. Find the role models in your life and pedestal them as pillars of wisdom instead of some of the people that society wants to puff up. But even if 
you live in a world where you think, I, I just can't see anybody. You are the opportunity to live out wisdom and be somebody else's role model. I always love um, sharing with people, if you're kind of around the corner by the kitchen, there's a photo on the wall, and you m- might know that I really enjoy it because it's my daughter. Uh, and she's there on that wall, standing there like this, dressed like she's a server at the cafe. And I always say, well, you know, I'm sure I would love this picture no matter what. But the reason that that picture is there is because that picture was from the second night that we did the cafe. And the very first night, when we did our friends and family night, it wasn't even grand opening night, she saw all the servers and saw how everything was running. And that next week, when she had early dismissal that afternoon, and she's like, okay, I'm going to be with Dad, and we're going to be at the cafe. And so she tells her mom, I want to go get some clothes to dress up like the servers, and I want to help out. And I love that that photo encapsulates her energy and excitement to want to follow the role models in her life. That people who didn't know they were influencing her vision of what it looks like to serve, people just trying to hear some food, can I take your order? Can I help you be seated? Small steps that make someone want to live up into that image. And so that photo is always a reminder to me, and I always try to let volunteers know of, you don't know who was watching you. You don't know who might see your love, your patience, your kindness, and say, I want to live like that. They are also watching you when you are not loving, not as patient, not as kind. And so with being a role model to people in your life comes responsibility. And so we can choose to live that out well or, or fail, fall short sometimes. But we all have that energy in us. Then we all have that ability in us. And the text says that if we do these things, if you want to sleep better at night, if you, you know, don't withhold good when it's available to you. When you don't harm, you don't quarrel with people. You're not even, it doesn't even matter to you. It's not harming you. It's not your thing. Don't envy the violent. Don't choose their ways. The text then says, for the perverse are an abomination to the Lord. And I want to pause here because this language gets used in a lot of really unhealthy ways in our society. And we have our own ideas of what perverse means and what it might apply to. But this text says, don't envy the violent, for the perverse are an abomination. That violence is the thing that is distasteful. That harming people, that being hurtful to people, being causing harm, is a thing that God cannot stand in this instance here. For the upright are in confidence, in contrast to this. It talks about curses and blessings, scorners and being humble, inheritance and other things. And all that proverb is ending with is this idea of if you do these things, if you live where you're trying to do good and you're trying to love your neighbor and trying to avoid hurting your neighbor, trying to avoid you know, pedestaling violence, what you can do is you can sleep easier at night because you sleep in the security of who God is. That God is someone who does not platform violence and wickedness and hate and anger. And even if you see someone that seems like they're getting ahead in the world with that as their strategy, you can sleep easy if you follow wisdom because God ultimately will uplift and celebrate 
the lowly, the poor in spirit, those who are persecuted for His sake. And so if you live out wisdom, the world might not treat you like you're living out the right thing, that you're going to get ahead in life, you're going to get the promotion that you want, or whatever it might be, but you can sleep at night resting in the fact that the God who made you and this world sees what you are doing and will honor it. And that hopefully in the midst of it, God will continue to shape others around you. And then we won't do this thing alone, but we'll do it in communities. And then our communities will live this out. And that maybe if our communities live this out, then our cities and beyond. And so the hope of this text is not just as it invites you to live differently, but it invites a different world. Can you imagine a world where we all gave out of the goodness of our hearts, our time, our energies, our efforts to one another, didn't hold it back. Where we all didn't cause each other harm unnecessarily. We don't fight unnecessarily. But we lived under this new vision of what God could do in this world. And so today, I I invite you to spend time in reflection. You might reflect on have I been quarreling in some things that I need to let go of? Are there some things that, that I've maybe caused harm that I need to, to confess to get beyond? And is there something God's inviting me to do? I, I know I should be doing this thing. I know I should help this person. And you just haven't said yes to it yet. Maybe today might be the day. doesn't have to be tomorrow or the next day. Maybe today is the day that you say yes to something God has had on your heart that you've been holding off. And in that, maybe we will love our neighbors a little better, and maybe our neighborhood will be a little better too. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we come before you confessing that we have too often said no when you've invited us to serve you. We've too often said no when we had the opportunity to be your light and your love. Lord, turn our hearts to to what you are doing in this world. Turn our hearts to how we can serve you better today. Lord, for wherever we have caused harm and hurts and unnecessarily quarreled, Lord, we long for your healing and your mending spirit. Stitch us back together again. Mend us, make us whole. Lord, let us be people who not only seek you and to love you, but that that love overflows that we are consciously trying to figure out how to better love our neighbors, our friends, our family, co-workers. And Lord, we long to see your kingdom come here on this earth. We long to see your healing, your love, your peace, your justice. Lord, let us be about those things as we wait for the fullness of the blessing and inheritance. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.